Drill, baby, drill. He had such enormous fun that he called for another elephant to come. It's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton. America, stay out the bushes. Stay out the bushes. Jet is a mess. And welcome to a Ash Wednesday, February 22nd episode edition of The Elephants in the Room. What are you giving up for Lent? Oh, well, Max and I are giving up things together, I suppose. Uh, But we are not going to be watching any mindless TV. Um, So this is an important distinction because Mm -hmm. I had originally proposed just giving up TV entirely. Um, But Max is in love with the Masters and March Madness. And I made him do this. We've done this before. We've done this a couple of times. (laughs) We've done this a couple of times. And he was very upset. So... The stipulation is essentially what we we don't watch like a ton of TV, but we have a tendency in the evenings to just lay on the couch and watch like episodes of comedy shows we've already seen like a million times. So we're trying to cut that out and instead like read or play games or something that's just better. Which we are generally doing anyways. We just have background noise. It's basically cutting out background noise because we just have background noise on and sit there and read. Well, I can't read with it on. That's true. <laughs> different strokes for different folks but anyway so yeah that's lent um hope everyone has their plans ready um but that's not what we're here to talk about how are we not going to mention the ridiculous homily we heard oh well <clears throat> yeah ash wednesday mass uh definitely turned into a uh, a call to arms against obesity <laughs> by our by our priest um today during the homily and generally speaking on Ash Wednesday the homily is a little bit shorter the gospel is very clear cut same gospel that's read every year and the homily is a little bit shorter but this time our priest was reading the essentially the rules of engagement for Lent and what you're allowed to eat and not eat and what days are fast days and not fast days and this and that and um, he was talking about the benefits of fasting and how fasting is good for you and that there's a ton of health studies that show that fasting is good for you. And that he was horrified that the other day he saw a bunch of fat women out to lunch drinking liter-sized uh, sodas. And that's so unhealthy. And he was like, so remember, if you're overweight or obese, fasting is good for you. So, so fast fast it'll help you out and people are laughing and this went on way too long oh this was about a solid five to seven minutes oh it was so much longer than that whatever the length was he made the point very clear that if you were carrying a couple extra pounds lent is the perfect time of year to put down the fork 
was so awkward. <laughs> it was pretty funny. It was pretty. It was. It was pretty funny. He's, he's, he's known to do this before. Just have these really um, overtly honest way of saying things. We're trying to get a, a, a an assisted slash independent living facility built uh, on the church campus, and it requires some rezoning in town. And um, as our priest explained to uh, <clears throat> to the congregation several several months ago, that look, it's not as busy as a school. This is just a place where old people are going to come and sit and die. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, you have to. You have to, you have to come in. You have to understand. You have to take his words from that perspective. That it's coming from a place of of love, of love, um, and that sometimes the humor can be a little, uh, <clears throat> a little blunt. Absolutely fantastic, and he's not wrong, right? I mean, we have no, we have a we have an obesity problem in America, so it's a good good data, <clears throat> good good data. Good, good time of year to start doing that, you know, start to fast. Don't eat. Don't eat. Um, speak, I was gonna actually going to get into this this later, um, but at what, what do you think are the top 10 things that people are giving up for Lent? Um, sweets, yep. alcohol, yep. smoking. Smoking's not on here. Oh. Coffee, sugar. Giving up things, people are giving giving up things. People giving up Lent. That was my favorite one. Giving just up not things? just not doing Lent. Yeah, or yeah, maybe giving up things. Just say like, you want to know what? I'm not giving up anything this year. Social networking, Twitter, meet. Pretty standard. We have a new entrant in the GOP race. Not named Tim Scott. Not named Tim Scott. Tim Scott. So Tim Scott was in Iowa, giving. Um, <clears throat> Tim Scott was in Iowa giving uh, giving a speech today, and we'll we'll get into that. It's a very very hopeful, very optimistic speech. It's very clear he's going to be jumping into this race. Um, I saw today on Fox News that Pompeo and DeSantis are looking at May announcements, or they're not going to get in before May. Okay. So I would assume that Tim Scott's going to be the next one in after, um, and I want to make sure that uh, that I get his his name right. But his 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 full full name isn't. Uh, it's uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. What? Yes, Who's Vivek Ramaswamy. So Vivek, he's 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 uh, uh, he's going to be one of the Peter Thiel-backed candidates. He is a Harvard Harvard Yale uh, graduate. Okay. <clears throat> uh, I forget which one he got his JD from. He went undergrad at one, JD at the other. Um, he started some biotech firm, yada yada yada, and now is running a venture capital firm for Peter Thiel. Where he invests in non ESG, whatever. Um, <clears throat> he wrote a book called uh, the Ant. The he some woke incorporated inside corporate America's social justice scam, and then along with his second book, Nation of Victims: Identity Politics, the Death of Merit, and the Path Back to Excellence. 
Um, he's a smart guy. He's got a well-known online presence. He's 37 years old. He's married. He's got two kids. Um, his lane is the Andrew Yang lane. But on the right? Yes. Okay. Um, you know, this is a classic, and, and, I, and I, I, don't, I, I hate to prognosticate like this, but it's, I mean, let's be honest. If you ask this guy, what it, you know, is he a quote-unquote long-shot candidate? You would be like, yes. Yeah, I would, I would assume that if he was being honest with you, he would be like, yes, I am, I am not the favorite currently for the nomination. <clears throat> and so you look at this and you go, first of all, why are you getting in? Like, what's the path to the nomination? Right. What's the path to nomination? And I guess the path to nomination here is that there is just a populist uprising against every single elected politician that we've ever had in the Republican Party. We reject Trump. We reject DeSantis. We reject Scott. We reject Haley. We reject Pompeo. We reject anyone else who runs and go with Vivek. Um, Is he, would he be the first Indian president? Does Joe Biden identify as Indian? He identified as Polish the other day. Bidensky. Well, is Vivek Indian American? He is. So probably he would be the first. I think he would be the first. Yeah. Um, but um, I think this is I think this is a classic example of someone who's running to. Um, not that they're running insincerely. He obviously would be president, and he's look. This is a smart, competent person. He is someone who would I would be fine with him running the country. I would have no objection to this person to, to Vivek running the country, right? This is someone who I would probably align with on 95 to 99% of the issues. Does he think quick on his feet, and is he a fighter? He thinks quick on his feet. He's a fighter. The problem that he's going to run into is that in order to graduate from Harvard and Yale, you have to play the game. And I'm going to take a shot and say, like a lot of people who graduate from those institutions, their knee-jerk instant reactions are not towards individual liberty and conservative values all the time. Like there's always going to be a little bit of a, uh, I think, an ickiness around social issues. I think he's going to have a hard problem with. And I'm not just talking about the social justice, anti-woke, he's against affirmative action, he wants to ban affirmative action, all that stuff. I think the trans stuff, I think that's where he's going to, I think that's where he's going to get into a little bit of an issue. Mm. Um, you know, if he's going to be enough of a culture warrior or if he's just going to try to play outside of this lane. Um He's also said some things that make me wonder if he's just a little, and I want to put this in the nicest way possible, he might just be a little too intellectually curious to be president. You know what I mean? It's not that he's not an intelligent, it's not, that, and that's like, that's to say, like, he might be almost too smart for the job. Because I think in order, especially these days, in order to be elected president, you have to be a little bit, you have to be, not a little bit, you have to be a lot of bit obstinate in your beliefs. I'm not going to back down. I'm going to fight. I don't care how wrong I am. I'm going to keep going. And it's basically the person that gets their supporters to rally around them the most that, that's going to win, whether they're right or not. You know, we've, we've seen candidates of both sides of the aisle just outright, outright lie to the American people and get away with it. 
just pure gaslighting. State of the Union the other day was the great example of this, right? Um, we've seen it, we, that lying to the American people about what you're going to do is, is a bipartisan phenomenon. <laughs> and so I just think that he comes across as someone, and I want to read something to you that it makes me just think that he... He might have a more enjoyable time debating and engaging and thinking about ideas more than picking a side on every single thing and fighting for that one thing or like making a big hullabaloo at one thing. Um, this is from his Tucker Carlson interview last night. Um, we face these external threats like the rise of China, which I think has is got to be our top foreign policy threat that we have got to respond to, not pointless war somewhere else. That's going to require some sacrifice. It's going to require a declaration of independence from China, complete decoupling. And that's not going to be easy. It's going to require some inconvenience. Buying cheap stuff for that many years, you know what? We got addicted to it. That's going to require some sacrifice. Okay, so this is a perfect example of the entitlement issue that we're talking about. <clears throat> the arithmetic on Social Security and Medicare points only in one direction, which is that if we do not fix how we fund those programs, America will collapse on itself. We will not be able to fund anything else. People will just go into too much debt. We'll go bankrupt. He's not wrong that China is our biggest foreign policy issue. He's not wrong that we need to get ourselves as independent from China as possible. This is the kind of line I'm looking at if I was an opposition researcher and I'm going to go, what kind of sacrifice? So you're telling me that you want hardworking blue-collar Americans to pay more for their goods just because. You could absorb that cost. Can we fight China in other ways? As I said, not wrong on the policy, message-wise. Is that something that's going to fly in a primary? We are going to find out. But it just when I saw this last night, I just thought, hmm, he might have, he might, his ideas might be too good. He might have solved too many problems. <laughs> so I want to give him that credit and then right I, I want to be positive about it because I think anyone that's willing to put their name out there one you've got a couple screws loose number one and number two I respect it when people put their name out there if you're just going to rant and complain from the sideline he looks pretty young he's like 37 38 oh wow so he just made the cutoff he's like young young yeah, yeah he's really yeah. young yeah like, almost too young. <laughs> Dismantle managerial bureaucracy. The people we elect to run the government should be the ones who actually run the government. Restore free speech. Defeat communist China. Yep. That's it. Yeah. The other thing that, one thing that he is, I think, is going to get him, and I, I do believe that I think at one point in this, he's going to have one of those Andrew Yang, Tulsi-like, 
rise that comes from the internet that comes from from wherever if you can ride the meme economy that um that i think he could get to five ten percent in the primary at one point and make himself towards the center of the stage more and more and he was born and raised in cincinnati ohio mm-hmm. oh they live in columbus ohio yep interesting Wonder what his thoughts are on the Palestine issue. He's not happy about it. <laughs> would you would you be shocked that he's he's friends with JD Vance? Also off the field conveyor belt. <laughs> <laughs> um So yeah, so so he's he's the latest to get in. The thing that I did want to bring up, one thing that he one of the issues that he's going to bring to the forefront, which is going to be a very important issue is going to be the central bank digital currencies and how he cannot have a central bank digital currency i.e a digital dollar no digital dollar government will track everything we do if you read about what's what's being proposed in england right now about having about rationing rationing for climate change okay how much gas you're allowed to buy how much meat you're allowed to buy everything is going to be tracked digitally it's called a social credit score. It's what they have in China. It tells you if you're a good citizen or a bad citizen. Well, what's a good citizen? Well, I don't know. Find out. Do you do what the state tells you to do? Or do you make problems for the state? Are you an independent thinker? Or do you just want to go with the flow? Everything will be taken care of. You might not get everything you want, but you'll get just enough. Black. Sounds terrible. Sounds awful. Sounds miserable. But anyways, he's going to be great on that. He's going to bring that issue to the forefront. And I think it's something that at the end of the day needs to be a central part of Republican platform going forward. So someone interesting entering the race is the bottom line here. This is a smart person, not someone to discount. This is someone to listen to, look at their ideas, think about someone who's going to be a player in politics for probably as long as they want to be. And um, he probably doesn't need to worry too much about fundraising. So, there's that. Um, this cat lady, this this Wiccan, this witch. Have you seen this witch lady? No. This this lady in Georgia. So I called her a cat lady, but then I thought that's just not nice to the cat people because there's plenty of nice cat people out here. But if you go to the Drudge Report, if you haven't been to the Drudge Report in a while, just go to the Drudge Report and... Uh, we'll put the article in the show notes. We can put the art. I can, I can put the article in the show notes. And um, she is... Um, she's weird. This, 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 uh, this chick's weird. She's the... Uh, the Trump, what's uh, uh, a uh, four person? Yes, the four person for the grand jury in Georgia uh, that investigated uh, President Donald Trump's attempts to overturn the 2020 presidential election. The four person Emily Kors has been interviewed by several news outlets, including CNN. Um, offering coy and cryptic hints about who might be indicted. It's not a short list, she said on CNN earlier Tuesday, giggling of the list of recommended indictments. After Trump asked if Trump was among them, she said, I don't want 
I really don't want to share something that the judge made a conscious decision not to share, but it was a process where we heard his name a lot. Why this person is talking on TV, I do not understand, Anderson Cooper said. She's clearly enjoying herself. Is this responsible? She was the foreperson of this grand jury. Now, is the jury over? It is. It is. But so here, apparently in Georgia, the grand jury just kind of listens to things and just recommends things. Go here. This is our conclusions. And it's up to the prosecutors to bring any charges or not. And, um, um, yeah, so so uh, all of these liberals are really upset because this 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 Emily Coors went on uh, a press junket and basically just started blabbing, 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 basically basically showing how biased she was. Basically showing she doesn't like Trump. Well, someone got hold of her Pinterest and she doesn't like Trump. Does not like Trump. Does not like Trump. And she's into a whole bunch of like Wiccan astrology weird well, then stuff. Why would the liberals be upset about that? The liberals are upset about it because it's going to be really, really hard for a prosecutor to bring charges when they're just going to point and go, look at this, look at this, look at who you put on the, look at the four person of the grand jury, some whack job anti-Trump person. Of course, how could you take this person seriously? How is this a serious process? It's not a serious process when you have some, some nut going on TV spouting nonsense It's yet another indication of why so many people in our generation do not respect any of the institutions in our country. Because why would anyone on our side of the aisle take a look at this woman giving interviews and go, oh yeah, this is on the up and up. (laughs) You got some Democrat prosecutor having some Democrat run a grand jury going, hey, find me something I can charge Donald Trump with. All right. Why would I respect an institution like that? Why would anyone respect a process like that? Why would anyone think that the judicial system is on the up and up when you look at a process like that? You can't conclude that. The only thing that you can conclude is that these are just rigged show trials. Anything that comes out of this is just a rigged show trial. Period. End of sentence. You want my proof? It's the nutbag four person on the grand jury. There you go. There's my proof. Bernie Sanders wants a four-day work week. Hey, so do I. Really? Why wouldn't I only want to work four days a week? Okay. Okay. I mean, I'm in favor of like a four-hour workday. Let me flip the question on you this way. If you were a business owner and your competitors went to a four-day work week, would you be inclined to go to a four-day work week? Or would you be inclined to go, you know, that's another day of the week where I might be able to outwork my competition. There's a lot of factors that go into it. How hard is it to get talent right now? Correct. How good is your talent? Do they will, want this? Will, will people will... leave to go to the four-day work yeah. place? Yep. Kind of questions. It's a it, it, it's it's very interesting. I but I was I'm so surprised that people immediately go four-day work week because it just seems like one of those things where I go, gosh, 
that four-day work week is going to turn into three and a half really quickly. Again, I don't see the problem. Yeah, again, I don't see the problem with that. I don't see the problem with that. Well, you want to know because what? when you got to complete I don't the global have a economy, problem. then the, it's going to be a problem. I the think the reason for I don't workers. have a problem with it is because the forty-hour work week is an old, archaic concept. It's from when we were in a factory, and you literally could only produce that many things in that amount of time because mm-hmm. it took time. But we're not in that economy anymore. We're in a knowledge economy. And if you're capable of doing work in three hours, why should you have to sit around for five more hours? Why aren't we rewarding people for being very productive and efficient? Instead, we're saying you have to be here eight hours no matter what. So what's the incentive to work quickly or efficiently? You just lollygag, talk to your coworkers, take lunch. Yep. Like, oh, I know it. Yeah, in any hour workday, most people work three hours, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. I so I guess. So I. So I. I wanted to push back on the immediate four-hour thing, and I'm going to want to push back what you said a little bit because, because it's a knowledge economy. I agree with that, but it's also a global economy. And. I think a quote-unquote four-day work week is something that's going to be for a select privileged few. Oh, yeah. You can. I mean, and how I can think, you do customer service and on I four days a week? And I think it's going to lead to a lot more people working longer hours. I don't know about that, but there, it's, there, it can't be done for every job. Like, you can't have grocery stores only open four days a week. Mm-hmm. You can't have customer service only four days a week. Yep. I mean, yes. So that's what I'm saying. I'm just not sure how it works in practice when but most things teachers are. Teachers don't have to work over the summer. That's true. But that's different. Well, why can't there be certain knowledge workers that get their work done in three hours? Why do they have to stay for five hours just because customer service reps always have customers calling? I guess I just worry about this. I guess I just worry about the mentality behind it more than it being put in practice because it's not that I don't think that individuals can be responsible and get five days of work done in four days. It's not that I don't believe that. I just think it seems like a recipe for disaster for a lot of Americans in a global economy where, frankly, what we've seen this year is that our labor laws aren't the strongest. These global places where they like to slash workers first, America. Why? Because they can. It's easier to fire people in America than it is to fire them in Europe. So you want more protections for workers, Mr. Union Man? Well, what I'm saying is, is that I think we're setting ourselves up to just be to to just be to be plucked off one by one. So I think I think a four day work week and people fighting for that is going to be great. But I think at the other hand, I don't think that people are realizing the implication on the other side, which is that some people are going to go screw your four day work week. I'm going to work five. I'm going to work six. I'm going to outwork the rest of you, and I'm going to find people who reward that. Why does it need to be mandated by the government? I see. I don't think it should be right. Like Bernie Sanders just, just butt out. Want. Like yeah. there, there are companies today that do four four day work weeks. There mm-hmm. are companies today that do five hour work days. Mm-hmm. Like that is that not the beauty of capitalism and America and yep. freedom is that you can choose what to do? Because I believe it gets into like full-time pay versus part-time pay and benefits. And that may be some, Mm -hmm. some have legality to that. But I think as a business owner, you could just opt to 
essentially mark them as full-time, even if they're not technically working full-time hours. In the work that you do, is it important to have someone in your time zone? I guess I, I, we were having a conversation at work today about making sure that we had coverage across time zones in order to change campaigns whenever we needed to. Mm-hmm. And... I'm just endlessly curious, cause, and it just made me think of this four-day work week, and I'm just like, I just don't see how this is going to work for most companies. Well, I have to say, it's been brought up in my company and not passed. It's always been batted down. Yeah. The market is still open five days. People still expect, I mean, it's still ingrained Monday through Friday is the work week. People are still going to work Monday through Friday. I feel like we're beating a dead horse. Yeah, we're beating a dead horse. Well, we're beating a dead horse because the first question is, should the government implement this? And the answer is the government shouldn't be coming even close to a subject like this. So now it just became a discussion of what our personal preference would be and what the pitfalls would be if we went in either direction. All right. All right. I feel like there were, let's maybe do one more. I feel a like food topic. Had... I got a food topic. Okay. Wait, did I have a food topic? I had a more in-depth food topic. Yeah, you have one down here, American food bad question mark. Yes. Yes. From baguettes to focaccia, Europe is famous for its bread, but there's one ingredient conspicuously missing. Potassium bromate. It's a suspected carcinogen (laughs) that's banned from human consumption in Europe, China, and India, but not in the United States. Hold up. China banned something? Wait, I need to go grab our loaf of bread and see if it's in there. In the United States, the chemical compound is used by some food makers, usually in the form of fine crystals or powder, to strengthen dough. It's estimated to be present in more than 100 products. There is evidence that it may be toxic to human consumers, that it may even either initiate or promote the development of tumors. Professor Eric Millstone, an expert on food additives at England University's England's University of Sussex, if he knows Megan and Harry, uh, told CBS News. He said European regulars, regulators take a much more cautious approach to food safety than their United States counterparts. Asked if it can be said with certainty that differences in regulations mean people in the United States have developed cancers that they would not have developed if they'd been eating exclusively in Europe, Millstone said that was, quote, almost certainly the conclusion we could reach. All right. The good news is we don't appear to have any potassium bromate. However, one of these things does have potassium chloride salt. Hopefully that's different or we're dying. It's not just potassium bromate. A range of other chemicals and substances banned in Europe over health concerns are also permitted in the U.S., including titanium dioxide, brominated vegetable oil, potassium bromate, and azodicarbonamide. I was going to die laughing if you said potassium chloride. Azodicarbonamide. And propylparaben. 
You sound like you're just learning to read. <laughs> it's like that Briar Dryers commercial, whichever ice cream one, where they make the little kids read all the ingredients yes. on the ice cream and yes. they can't, and then they have them read Briars or Dryers, whichever one it is, and it's like four ingredients. It's ridiculous. That's what we just had. Well, now I'm going to look for that. killing us. Does it say what kind of foods it is in? It's in everything. Well, it's not in these three things. No, it's like literally like it's the question is on CBS News. U.S. food additives banned in Europe. Almost certainly making Americans sick. But I want, okay, I'll just Google it. What foods contain this thing? What? Brominated vegetable oil. Potassium bromate. Uh... Let's see. Best choice, wheat sliced bread, Gomez flour tortillas, high V blueberry crisp, and Balducci sugar cookies. Yikes. Drinks with citrus flavoring are more likely to contain brominated vegetable oil. Ugh. Ugh. All right. Was that our food thing? That was my food thing. Look out for eat, eat, eat foods with the smallest number of ingredients. Are they at least required to write it out in their ingredients list? Well, uh, sure, probably. Okay. I mean, there's some, there's some stuff in here. Yeah, there's some weird stuff in there. Thiamine, mononitrate, riboflavin, niacin, folic acid, reduced iron, zinc oxide... Sesame seeds. This is made by Bimbo Bakeries. No trans fats. I feel like it'll probably be all right if it says organic, because I feel like you wouldn't be allowed to put organic if you had some sort of weird additive on it. You would think, but I don't know, man. All right. All right. That's so all I got. Watch out for that, y'all. Watch out, watch for, out the for the bro mates. It's probably not how you say it. I don't care. We'll be back on Friday with more energy. It was Ash Wednesday. It was a fasting day. Yeah, and it's late. It's 9 o'clock here. So <laughs> see y'all on Friday. See ya. The chant is drill, baby, drill. He had such enormous fun. It's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton. Stay out the bushes. Jet is a mess. <laughs> <laughs>